Hi, and welcome to Recover with Purpose podcast, sponsored by Performance Medicine and Sports Therapy, hosted by 20-time Ironman finisher and sports recovery specialist, Dr. Bron Trabendis. Here we will explore a variety of related topics, everything from sports recovery, injury prevention, and cutting-edge therapy techniques. We will talk in-depth with thought leaders and specialists in the world of sports performance, sports injury, and sports recovery. We welcome business leaders that share the same mission to educate and help more people discover and uncover their highest potential. And now, Dr. Ron Trebendis. What's going on, everyone? Almost 2019. Man, it's good to be back. But um, yeah, we took a little bit of a, a sabbatical from doing the podcast, mostly because it takes a lot of effort to, to put these together. So we took a couple months off and wanted to be nice and fresh for 2019. So I'm releasing right now episode 39, which is actually a talk that we gave at the local triathlon store, uh, the Tri Shop. Uh, it's a talk about longevity and longevity in your training so that you're not just so one-dimensional and end up getting hurt and uh, are able to kind of plan that. There's also a bit of information in there on how to, how to plan a triathlon season, so I know it it really caters to everyone, but um, triathletes, since it, was a, since it was a talk at a triathlon shop, there is a, a bit of information in there on how to periodize your recovery and your off-season. So enjoy that. We have a lot of cool things planned for 2019. Getting our list of guests for 2019 as, as, as we're um, doing this, we're, we're kind of putting that together. So a lot of exciting things. Uh, I also encourage you to check out our website, recoverwithpurpose.com. We have a new cart on there with uh, supplements, uh, two cool supplements we just launched, uh, our pre-workout and our uh, BCAAs, uh, two products that I, I highly recommend. Uh, they were formulated, it took a while to formulate them, and uh, being able to take out a lot of the artificial crap that's in a lot of these different pre-workouts and things like that. So uh, we'll get more information to you on that, though. I'm really passionate about uh, supplements and nutrition. So a lot of that, you know, it really goes to, uh, you know, our tagline is recover with purpose. Uh, recover with purpose doesn't just mean physically, but it also means what you put in your body and, you know, mentally what's going on with you. So a lot of cool stuff for 2019. And we're looking forward to it. So uh, enjoy this episode. And um, we will be back in January. Have a great new year. Be safe. And remember to recover with purpose. That's a that's a big accomplishment to be seven years in this business because it's a tough business. So again, hats off to you, my man. All right, Trent. Congrats, buddy. Good. So this uh, yeah, this talk um, is a little different. I, I kind of came up with it based on you know instead of you know usually going over injury prevention and you know recovery strategies and all that because that's that's our that's our business. That's what we do over there and. Um, you know, this is a little bit from my own experience of kind of how I came through endurance sports, training for triathlons, and then coming full circle and realizing what I really wanted out of exercise and, and life because there's a big disconnect out there as far as training and then actually being healthy and being able to exercise for your entire life, right? There, there's a big disconnect there, you know, there's, there's people that are racing for competition all the time and I'll tell you right now, that's unhealthy. You know, it really isn't healthy. You know, you pick races that you're always focusing on. It's, it's an unhealthy, it could get an unhealthy pattern. And that then affects you physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and all that kind of stuff. So basically with this talk, we wanted to kind of go over, I guess, two things, right? Since this is the, the end of the season, we want to be able to give you some tips on how to properly prep and plan an off season. Uh, that, that's, that's one, and then two, how to kind of carry over exercise for the rest of your life rather than just be so focused on swim, bike, and run all the time, and, and that's it, okay? So we call it built to last, training for longevity. Uh, again, a little different spin on it. So again, here's, here's where we're going. A little off-season preparation, I wanted to throw that in for you guys. Uh, you know, you end up spending a lot of time picking a coach, analyzing what, what races you're gonna do, analyzing what kind of training you're gonna do but nobody ever puts the time into how do I prep my off season so that my goals and you know, my, my goals and achievements that I wanna have for the next year, how, how's that gonna all fit in? There has to be some prep work. You know, you have the end of the season, 
and you have next year's competition in, in competition season, you know? So there's this big gap that needs to be filled. And uh, that's kind of what I felt like was a need that, every, you know, what we need to go over and kind of get that through to everybody, okay? Um, you have to put some prep into it. The last talk that we gave, you know, we, we really focused on recovery. What do you need to recover during, after your exercises, right? It's, this is a little different. We want to plan for that off season. We want to have a plan. You know, just like you have a plan when you get injured, who you go to see, or what you need to do, what I gotta call my coach. You have to come up with that the same way you would come for the, you know, the, the in season. So I hear a lot of people that say they drop their coaches at the, in, the, in the off season. That's like the wrong time to do that, guys. Like, you're just gonna leave your coach in the off season. That's the most important time when you guys can do prep, work on any kind of weaknesses, work on anything. Like that, you don't really need them leading up to a race if they've done all the work. You know, it's, it's basically, you need them now. That's, that's the thing I want you guys to flip in your head. You just be like, I'm gonna save a couple bucks and I'm gonna drop them for three months. The three most important months of the entire year, you know? Uh, so, so that's another thing I want you to think about, okay? So, people that come into our office, they come in uh, for injuries, you know? And from professional athletes to amateur athletes to just the person off the street, the number one thing you see all the time is that they are lacking a plan. Whether it's a plan for how do I get better from this injury, whether it's a plan on how I get better to improve my performance, they're, they're all lacking a plan. It's kind of like, this might be a bad analogy for some people, but like Luke Skywalker needed Yoda, right? He needed somebody to guide him along. He needed a plan on how to become whatever, Jedi, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? So, so you need to kind of think about that. Everything takes some planning, okay? Anybody, man, I forgot to even introduce ourselves. You know, I'm, I, I know most of you here, but my name's Ron, this is Keisha. Um, we work at uh, Performance Medicine and Sports Therapy, right up the, right in the parking lot over there. So, again, I know most of your faces here, so, again, kind of skip right over that. I got excited about talking about this, you know? Um, so, building an off-season plan, where it starts? Physically, right? That's, you're coming off of a year where you're shredded. You know, you're, you're kind of, what do I hear most? Uh, let's take, I'm gonna take two weeks off and I'm gonna go right back to swimming, and biking and running. That, that's it, right? That's the extent of your plan, you know? Um, so, physically, number one thing I think we need to do, get checked out by a professional, okay? Not just, you know, not, not just for one thing, but you get checked out, you wanna build, again, in the off season, build your team, right? So say next season, God forbid, you have a, a heart problem. Well. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a workup, you already knew your baseline, you already had a cardiologist, you already had a medical doctor that can take care of you, right? So off season we have more time, so now it's time to, to build our team around us, okay? So blood work, you know, get checked out by, by you know, a biomechanical assessment. Um, making sure that there's no problems with your body that are gonna hinder you from achieving your goals next season, okay? Um, so here's kind of a little checklist we just put up there. That just the, these are these are more questions. So my tips today aren't going to be oh what exercise to do, what this to do. It's going to be more of hey some mental checklists on how to prepare for for the off season. Okay, what you should ask yourself. So basically, what I, I would I would like everybody to do when you know, after this talk is after you get some of this information is break out just a sheet of paper. Okay, and start asking yourself some of these questions. Start jotting this down. Okay. So was I was hurt last season? You know, was I would I always do that thing where Oh man, I got to run for, I got a really good running for three weeks and then, oh, got hurt, had to shut it down. Oh, guess what? Had to, ran for two more weeks and, and had to shut it down. Oh, I'm not meant to be a runner. I'm just not, you know, you hear all these kind of things and I'm always hurt, right? Well, again, we come back up to physically. Now's the time to get checked out by a professional. See what's going on. See Keisha, figure out why biomechanically I, my glutes are, are off. Or there's something not wrong, right with my gait, you know, all those kind of things. Um, was I able to maintain a healthy weight throughout the year? You know, that's a, that's a big one too, you know. Uh, was I fluctuating all over the place? Was I not able to lose weight? You know, was, why was I heavy all, all season? Why, why I'm working out all this and I can't lose weight? And that's a big complaint that we hear a lot of. Um, did I make improvements to meet, the, you know, certain goals that I set for myself? You know, was I able to, you know, I set out with my coach, my, my goals, my training objectives, races that I wanted to get to. You know, did I actually achieve them? 
you know, did I, did I get to where I wanted to get to, okay? So a lot of this stuff comes back to, again, physically seeing what, what's going on with yourself, okay? So you got two ways to look at this, you know. Medical doctor, blood work, seeing what's going on internally, and then physical therapist, body, you know, that kind of thing to figure out what's going on externally, right? So building that team around you, finding out who you're gonna go to for that, right? The next thing we, we, we forget about, um, these, these are the two things that I think are most important for, at least, at least to get you stimulated to think about what, what we need to do here is mentally, you know, everybody talks about physically, but, but what happens to you mentally during a, during a long triathlon season? You know, it wears you down mentally, not just physically. Again, coming back from how you mentally are dealing with injury, how you're mentally dealing with weight gain and not accomplishing your goals or accomplishing your goals. There's a lot of highs and lows. So mentally, you know, there's, there's hormonal changes that happen throughout a season when you're constantly stressing yourself. So it goes back to that whole thing about getting your blood work checked. We can kind of look into that and see what's going on with that. You know, here's again our, our checklist for some mental cues, okay? So we got, you know, am I having trouble sleeping? Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big deal, okay? Are you not able to fall asleep? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Here's a big one that, uh, you know, do I find joy in my training or is it just because I feel guilty when I don't, right? That's, I think, the majority of us, right? You know, you're, you have this, uh, you've been training all year and then you don't want to, you know, you need to take a rest day. That's why I used to laugh at, I used to have a coach just with, so he can program in my rest days because I wanted to train all the time. But it was more for, oh man, this is what I do with my routine. I got to just go after it and keep training, right? Um, so am I actually finding joy in doing that or is it just kind of a chore and it's a thing that I do? Uh, you're tired all the time. Lost your zest for life, just kind of going through the motions, you know, just, just kind of very dull, you know, is that, is that happening to you? Um, here's one that, um, that, the last one that used to tell me Personally, when I was uh, overtrained, I used to get these sugar cravings because normally my diet would be pretty ideal. But when I would wake and just want sugar all the time, that was a big indicator that I was hormonally out of balance and needed to cut back on my actual training. Okay? Um, and are we justifying our poor eating habits with is I work out a lot, it's okay. Right? And it's not okay because what, you know, what you put in your body, you know, the calorie isn't the, the same thing, you know. Uh, it's quality too. So, those are the two things as far as where on a piece of paper. I want you guys to break that down, write these two things out, answer these questions for yourself. So that's going to be our first step in how we're going to prep for the off season, which I know is probably a little surprise for you because you thought it'd be exercises and foam rolling and all this kind of kind of stuff. But uh, it, a lot of it is just is just prep work for you guys. Does anybody and speak up too? Anybody have any questions? Make this open. So stop me. You know. Interrupt, let's let's talk about it too if you have any questions too. Okay. So let's see. Terry. School. What's your definition of health? God. Um, without looking at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can no, that's not gonna change it, but uh, uh, alright. Which being able to live functionally throughout the rest of my life without needing aid of wheelchairs, walkers, medicine, or people watching me live, like in a nursing home, mm -hmm. resting home. So Brian, being able to live on my own, definitely. That's awesome. Brian, what's your definition of health? Being uh, physically, mentally able to um, self-actualize, do all that I want to, right. on my own terms. How about you? What's your definition of health? That's very much it. Brian? Do what I want for as long as I can. Right. <coughs> awesome. So if you look at that, you know, that's the definition we got from the internet. State of being free of illness and injury. So with that comes, I think, I found this cool image that when you break it down, five pillars, you know, five pillars of health that we kind of look at here that I feel like need to be full at all times or you're not going to be in a healthy state of mind, right? And so if you have one pillar, say that physical, which is, this is what we're here to talk about is triathlon, right? Your physical pillar is through the roof, but emotionally, you know, you're, you're down here, you know, or socially, you, have, you know, you don't, you don't do anything anymore, you're down here, right? So it throws everything out of whack. So what I want you guys to remember, again, is 
your own definition of health. So on that piece of paper that we talked about, I want you to write out your definition. Because I feel like if you write that defini definition, when you're going over with your coach on how you're gonna plan a season, you need to go back to that definition of health and make sure that your goals and objectives match your definition of health. Because that's one thing that you know, we, we wanna get to, right? Um, and getting these, writing down these five pillars and then making sure you're hitting all those, all those categories, okay? Um, and so what well, all these definitions have in common are, are long life, longevity. You know, that, that's what all three of you guys said at different stages of your life too. Older, you know, coach, athlete. We had, we had three different types of definitions right there. I mean, they're all saying the same thing. You know, three different athletes that are in different parts of their, their life. Who do you call an old? <laughs> Him. Yeah, it's right there, right there. <laughs> But, uh, but I just thought this image was totally just, uh, just awesome because I feel like all of us want to be there. Some of us are there. Just, just saying, Brian. That's it. <laughs> but uh, so kind of going for, you know, you kind of we went over the prep work for, for the offseason. That, that, that was the first phase of this talk that I, I wanted to go over was, was you're prepping for the offseason. So it's a little different than traditional prep work, okay? Again, I want to summarize that. Everybody usually is worried about what they're training. Swim, bike, run. How are we going to do that? No. One is find your team. Find your team, whether it's for your, your body, your health, mental, that kind of thing. Define your definition of health and then execute that. So now everything that you go through for all your goals need to match up with that health definition. Because without health, you don't have longevity. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You just Without health... You, you can't be doing this for a long time. And again, coming back, using, using me as an example a little bit, that's, that's what came to me is, I was training and racing a lot. And at the end of the day, I, I wasn't truly healthy. I mean, I, 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 wasn't, I didn't really get injured. I didn't do anything, but I wasn't, I wasn't healthy. Couldn't do a pull-up. Like, I couldn't, like, to me, that's not healthy. Couldn't squat properly. And you know, a lot, having a lot of these things is what health is when I am 60, 70 years old. If I can't squat when I'm when I was 35, I'm going to be able to squat when I'm 60. It's not going to happen, and so that's what led me to kind of saying, "Hey, you know, triathlon. Why it's a good thing? It really is a good thing because it's social, it's exercise, it's that kind of thing. You can't. It's it could be very one-dimensional, and and you can lose a lot in it. You can lose a lot from taking it to out of balance, right? So." So I think people ask the question, how do I keep that in balance, right? Well, again, back to that health definition. That's my answer for everybody that says, well, how do I balance triathlon? Well, what is my definition of, of health, right? And so then I kind of wanted to transition into, um, you know, let's, let's figure out how, and this could apply to any sport. It could apply to triathlon, it could apply to football, it could apply to anything, any athlete encounters. Some tips for health and longevity. So now is where we kind of get into kind of some things you could start implementing into your, your training plan or how you're going to uh, approach this. So tips for health and longevity sport. Uh, first one. You're at a healthy weight. All right. This is a big deal. This is a big deal because I get questions asked all the time. So why do you see so many heavy marathoners? I mean, you guys have had to ask yourself that all the time. Like, if you're running 80 miles a week, how do you still have it? Right? That's a big question to ask, right? So, so why can't they lose weight? Um, what, what do you think? Brian, what do you think? I'm picking on you. Because I'm sure everybody's noticed that, right? I mean, everybody said that to themselves, you know, but they don't want to say it. They're like, oof, yeah, you're training 80, 80 miles a week. You're running for a marathon. Though. Okay. Yeah, Training it, tra training nutrition must be in harmony. I, I guess that that you know, one of them is out of whack. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Coach? Yeah, same. Uh, not sleeping, overeating still. Mm -hmm. So not in, you know, it's real easy to with the hormonal imbalance to not be able to lose weight. Right. Normally. Right. Normally and then what happens mentally? Then you're not losing weight, so you train harder, right? You don't take rest. Because that seems counterintuitive, right? But it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a negative, a big negative feedback cycle, right? Train harder, stress yourself more, actually hold on to fat more than you would actually burn. So 
So again, this is stress, okay? That's why they're not losing weight, okay? So it's, it's something I call, I don't even know if it's, it's a thing, but I call it gray area training, where you're never going fast enough to get faster, never going slow enough to become metabolically efficient. Definition of metabolically efficient in triathlon sense or endurance sports is the ability to use fat as fuel, okay? So, let's see what we got here. So training in this area, so again, not going fast enough to get faster, slow enough to get efficient, right in this gray area. The only things that really happens there, you get tired, slow, injured, or fat. Or all of them, in, in, in all of them, right? So the reason why this happens is you're always training stress, hormone cortisol. It, it's flowing through your body all the time. You're not, able, you know, you're not able to shake it. So a lot of your other hormones have to go down in relationship to that. So there's something called a fight or flight response where you're always trying you're, you're always burning the candle at both ends, right? Not enough sleep, up early to swim practice, training, kids, family, all that kind of stuff goes. Always burning it, right? Well, your body, in a fight or flight response, only wants to use carbs and sugar to get away from that response. So it's always going to burn sugar, never going to burn any fat, which is metabolically more efficient. That's how in a triathlon or an Ironman, why you can go for so long at such a depletion is if you're metabolically efficient, you can go for a very long time, right? And so this gets really out of whack when you're training in this, this, this weird area. Again, that's why a coach, when they say, make your easy day easy, make it easy. When you make your hard day hard, make it hard. But what happens, all my friends are gonna go for a bike ride, so I'm gonna ride their pace. Or I'm gonna go here, and I'm gonna, it, it's the same pace all the time, it's doing the same identical thing. So, Couple, what do we got here? Yes, so then the other thing, leads, this leads to a lot of injuries. I mean, this, you know, you're, you're not losing the weight. Uh, of course, you're gonna come into our office and be like, hey, I got, I got a lot of foot pain. Well, yeah, we can make you feel better, we can correct some things, but honestly, if you don't lose the weight, you're gonna, and you keep training at this, you're always going to have injuries and foot pain. Somebody asked me this the other day, is how not to gain extra weight in the off season. So I figured that'd be our first tip. So something that um, I always incorporated is the first three weeks, post season, your body has to adapt to decreased output. So you can't, I mean, you just can't eat as much as you used to, okay? But, but you just can't eat as much, as, you know, even if they're good calories, you just can't eat as much as you used to or you're just gonna gain weight. And this is the thing where, hey, calories in is greater than calories out, you're gonna gain weight. Okay, but, but there is a hormonal component to that too. So if you are eating good food, that's, that's obviously better for you. So the way I kind of combated that, because you're gonna be hungry. You know what I mean? You're used, to, you're used to eating and eating and eating, and over the course of a sea triathlon season, all that crap you eat when you're on the bike, I mean, you end up turning yourself, even if you're really good, turning yourself into a big sugar burner all season long. So you have to reestablish that hormonal baseline. And the way we do it is, I, you, have, you have to log your food for the first three weeks. I mean, that's the only way you're gonna be there. So you manage the calories in, calories out with your calories that you're, you're, you're logging. But then what I want you to watch is your macros, okay? We wanna try to shift more fat intake, good fat intake, we wanna lower that carb intake a bit, okay? Now, I'm not gonna go and preach one diet over the other because everything is a balanced diet. You, get, you gotta do something that's gonna work for you, but you have to make these changes at this point of the season, or you're gonna just keep riding that wave of being a sugar burner the whole time, you're gonna keep holding on to weight, and again, the cycle starts with that negativity, uh, you know, injury, and everything like that. So, the tip here, log it. I mean, there's a ton of apps that you can log pretty easily, and it's gonna be a pain, a pain for the first, it, it sucks, but it's, it's really worth it for the first, you know, three weeks after a season. Um, and then the, and back to the macros, higher fats. Right? We want to actually teach our body to use fat. So if you put a little more, and this is, this is again, this can be, people could argue with me on this, or we can talk about this, because there's research arguing both ways, but it, worked, it used to work for me, is you put more good fats in, your body's gonna produce more enzymes to be able to deal with that, so you're gonna be able to tolerate it more, so then when you start adding the training that makes you metabolically more efficient, now you're gonna have both systems going for you. You're gonna have a higher fat diet, you're gonna have the enzymes to break it down, and then when you're going at a low heart rate and you're metabolically efficient, you're gonna start burning and using fat as fuel more. You get more energy from fat than you do from sugar. 
Any questions on that? That was a lot on that slide. What about protein? Protein, keep, I just keep it balanced. Just same level. Balance. Yeah, the same same level. So I would I would shift my fats to sixty. I always keep around twenty percent of the diet. Uh, in what I'm watching macros, and then shift the, the fats up higher, sixty percent ish, and then drop the drop the carbs. What's a good rule of thumb for you for protein as far as grams per day? I never even I never watched that ever. I never even looked at that. I really don't even have a a thing for that. I'm more of a fat guy. I watch my fat intake. And then as you do it longer, you'll start to know when you get a little out of whack just from how you feel. You know, so so I just, I don't watch grams for protein or I don't really, everybody has a little bit different, oh, I feel better if I eat this many grams of protein. Okay, well, they eat that many. doesn't matter. Just, we're talking about shifting those macros around to, to get an end result from an athletic, act, you know, training activity. Ron, I know yeah. you have a low-carb diet, just you tell me, you know, what it is, but do you keep track of it, like? And I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily have a low carb diet. I just I, the carbs I get are, are just different. You know, fruits and vegetables, not not grains. Okay. You know, so basically, you can make a quick shift in that just by alternating your grain intake. And as soon as you do that, the fats will pop up, and then you're just re replacing with fruits and vegetables. So it's not that you're giving up. You're not giving up carbs at all. I don't eat carbs. You know, it, it's just it's just the, the type that you eat. All right. Any questions on that, uh, that tip? Any nutritional questions? I know this isn't a nutritional lecture, but that's that's a really good good way to handle that first three weeks after a triathlon season. Not only that is good fats are good for brain, you know, focus, that kind of stuff. Um, so getting that after a season really really will help. Good. Tip number two. So get strong, right? Everybody neglects it. You'd rather go for a run outside than go to the gym. You'd rather go for a bike ride than go to the gym. That's just what happens, you know? But at the end of the day, again, when I come back to my definition of health and what's gonna get you to that, those couple old dudes running that, that sprint is strength. Strength is, is huge. And I guess if I can relate it to an Ironman since that's what, what's going on here is People think that extra run, or that extra run is gonna get you a mile 20, it's gonna get you to mile 20 to 26, and you do the 20 mile run and this kind of thing. You'd be better off lifting weights because that's what's gonna actually get you get you to that point, right? It's, it's fatigue resistance. A triathlon isn't about, that's what, that's, what, that's, what it's all, that's what it's all about. The more swim, bike, and running you do, once you get to a baseline of what your talent level is and what you can kind of absorb, it becomes how strong you are to use all of that fitness. It's just that we go the other way because we like that other stuff, which is fine. It's just, again, that doesn't, that's not gonna match all three of our definitions here of health. Because if you don't do strength training, then you guys, all your definitions are wrong. You know, because that's what's gonna get you to that, that, that line. Free of illness, free of injury, and all that kind of stuff, so. Perfect. Again, I was just saying that endurance training, yeah, why it's great great cardio act activity, it's not really, it, it'll start weakening you. It'll, it'll, start, it'll start making you weak. I, again, I, I'm using me as an example here because I had to make that shift. I felt myself when I was, I, I was getting to a point where neck pain, back pain, pain bending over, getting out of bed in the morning, walking. I mean, it's, it, it, I was too young to have that happen to me, so I had to make a change, right? Because um, my definition of health didn't match that. Let's see. Yeah, should be your number one priority. And in this phase, in this, this should not be the workout that you skip because, you know, you have something else come up. You know, you have no problem fitting in the swim, bike, and running, but this is the number one priority workout. And again, and now it goes back to why do you drop your coach during this season? This is the part where they can become real handy and really kind of help you out and kind of guide you through that, make you accountable. This is the time where you need to be the most accountable because he's got to be like, you didn't do your strength, you didn't do your strength until you figure out some routine that you can do that, that, is, that you actually like. So this might even be an opportunity where you pop in and try to learn something new. CrossFit, Orange Theory, something like that, that where you can kind of jump in and learn some new skills.
So for getting strong, yeah, before you, uh, before you kind of start an exercise program, it comes back to our first thing, getting a physical assessment. You know, getting, getting a professional, even if you have no pain. I mean, just figure out, get with somebody that knows how, you, how to uh, analyze movement, you know, and make sure you're moving properly. Because last thing you want to do is do a deadlift and not know how to do it and, and hurt yourself. So we don't, we, don't want, we don't support that. We don't want that at all. Um, but, you know, that, getting that baseline is, is a necessity, okay? Um, yeah, and getting strong requires you to lift heavy things. So this is going to go against a lot of what you guys like to do with all those reps. <laughs> So this is, again, I don't think it's really in any, well, I mean, lifting heavy things will get you strong. That's in books and on the internet. But triathlon, yeah. from a triathlon perspective, people will probably argue with me on that. But at the same time, think about what you did all season. You did reps all season long at low reps all season long, pedaling, 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 running, 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 high cadence, high reps, 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 reps. You're already strong doing reps. The only way to get strong and prevent some injury is you've got to start lifting some heavy reps. You don't, you, don't you don't need reps. You need less reps, right, with heavier weight to build a different kind of system. We're talking about building strength system here, not neuromuscular strength that you've built all year. Again, there's a time and place for, for that kind of lifting, but what, can you go back one more? Yes. So. From a triathlon perspective, what this does is don't be worried about weight gain and stuff. Now that's that's ridiculous. You know that that's not that's not what we're talking about here. You're, yeah, you're getting muscle. You gain weight. It's not going to affect you in triathlon that way because you're, you're going to be way more metabolically efficient. And then that last ten, that last six miles of that run, when you now got a butt and a butt that works, <laughs> you're going to be able to make sure that that runs very efficient in quality. Okay. You're gonna be wishing you did all those deadlifts and squats and that kind of thing to build up that strength. Any questions on that? Yes, sir. Yeah, I guess um, I don't actually speak for all for athletes, but a whole bunch of what I've seen is when you go to a functional strength class, it's kind of like what Keisha would have you do. You know, it's the uh, body weight exercises, a whole lot of flexibility, core, but it, but it's not weights. And, I, and I, I'm just curious, is I, I think most triathletes don't use weights, but... Do you have a thought on Well, you're talking about going to physical therapy, and we're not talking about PT right now. It's talking about actually finding yourself a trainer or, or finding some activity that you like to do that involves you challenging yourself. So the only, you don't want to do that without having a solid base of support. So most of the time when you're in my office, it's a you're not strong enough to even, you know, we have to go over your form on squats. We have to help you hit pinch to do a deadlift. We have to get you a solid base of support to lift heavy weights. Because most of the time at the end of the triathlon season, you're so gassed and under your normal weight, your frame's not stable. And so it's getting you to, okay, now you're safe. Now you can go and do those kind of programs. So that's where he was kind of saying earlier, make sure you know how to lift heavy weights before you go lift heavy weights. And we're not talking about going and doing CrossFit and repping out you know your one rep max it's just challenge yourself don't be afraid to do that five to eight rep range you should be sore the next day but all that's going to do is introduce variety into your training because you've just been doing the same steady state so there's some runs that you might do where you burn some calories but your body just it, it thought that you were breathing so you didn't burn any fat you didn't ch change your metabolic system at all so you stopped your triathlon and you go to strength train and all of a sudden your body's like what just happened you're not gonna, and females are so terrified. If I lift heavy, I'm gonna get huge. And we don't put on body like that, body mass like that. You know, women would love to do that. It's if you stay lean and you have a good diet and you're lifting heavy, you're actually gonna lose a lot of weight. And you're just gonna increase your, your lean muscle mass and lose fat, which translates to you actually lose weight, you don't gain weight if you do it right. But that's my advice to you, is introduce variety into your training, but do it smart. You know, you may do one session with a personal trainer to say, hey, these are the things that I want to be able to do to make sure that I do it safely. Um, and, and don't be get underneath that 20, 15, 20 rep max, you know, those rep ranges, because that's what you've been doing all year. Challenge yourself to those reps of five and eight to where you're sore the next day. And it makes your, your bone structure stronger, right? So that's what we tell all of our all those old women you know with osteoporosis, it's like you have to load your frame in order to stay strong. So if you're just continually breaking it down for six hours a day training for triathlon, 
your skeletal frame's not strong anymore. Get it strong in the off season. So when you're at that 18, you know, I've got patients come in all the time like, I was doing fine until I got to mile 16 and then everything hurt. But that's, you're just not strong enough to continue that impact anymore. But maybe if you would have lifted weights for the three months of your off season, then your frame actually can absorb those loads because your bone is stronger. It's not all about muscle. It's all about your skeletal system too. I don't think there's an age on that. There's not an age on that. It, it applies to everybody. And those things you were talking about, core work and that, that's all great. That's all fine, but it isn't, it's not strength training. You know, flexibility, yoga, all this kind of stuff, it's not strength training in the sense that we're talking about it, I think. It's kind of have different ways of looking at it. You actually have true physical therapy getting you prepped to be able to do heavy lifting, and that other stuff is ancillary stuff. But think about it this way, too. During this season, that's just busy work. So you don't have time for that. Right, so figuring out what you get, to, where you are in your season, and what you're trying to accomplish, and getting rid of all the busy work. Right, whereas going, at, you know, running still 40 miles a week during this period might be just busy work. You know, at this point, even though you like it. <laughs> not, you know, I'm not saying give up what you like. You know, it's it's just a matter of shifting. Right. So if you do in the off season all this strength training and then you get back in training season, do you get set back by the next off season and how far back do you fall for your next off season strength training? What I would suggest is it becomes a maintenance program. You know, a maintenance strength program, at least from my experience going through travel, like keeping it, you know, you might not go as heavy or you might periodize when you would lift heavy, like say you have a race coming up, you're not gonna go and crush deadlifts two days before you have uh, an event, except yeah, I, I can vouch for that. I mean, yeah. I, um, you know, you even told me, like, uh, you know, earlier, like, you know, keep the bulk on. Yeah. And I was worried about, like, you know, carrying an extra five pounds, and this has been my best season so far. And, you know, I, I, I lift two days a week, like, heavy and, you know, short reps, and, and I felt better and stronger and uh, less injury-prone this whole season. So, you know, it, it's really been beneficial. And don't be afraid, like you said, lean muscle mass is only going to benefit you, even in triathlon. That's yeah, I mean, I raised five pounds heavier this year than I ever have, and I'm, you know, and actually, like, I had my best season as far as finishes go. Awesome. And less injured, I'm sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, so now once you once you got strong, again, this is, again, prepping for the offseason. You know, you went through and you did everything we've talked about. Now that next phase of offseason is how are you going to become more efficient at the sports that we have fun doing, okay? We want to be able to, you know, form. That could be even a gait analysis of the coach. We're going to learn how to run better. We're going to learn how. Now you have time, so you can't use that excuse as I don't have time. We have to work at some of these things, right? Because if you want to get better at them, you want to get more efficient at them, we talked about how we're mentally, physically, hormonally, strength train, how we prepare. But now, actually, how are we going to be better at that? You know, during the off-season, hey, you may go hang out with people that just run. You might go find a group of just runners because guess what? They're, they're really good runners. You're a triathlete. So learn how to be a runner. You know, learn how they think. Or you might go, maybe I'm going to get a road bike and I'm going to go, let me go hang out with some cyclists. Learn how to handle a bike better. You know, that kind of thing. So now's the, now's the opportunity to do that. And again, come, come, you know, going along with that is adding in form and technique work to, to that equation. Okay, so this is this is a couple tips that I had for for form, and uh, you know it might not be some things you 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 don't like, especially in swimming. Okay, all right. So learning the bilateral breathe and flip turn, right? So you come with a shoulder problem, and you're a triathlete or swimmer. I pretty much ask this question nonstop: Do you bilaterally breathe? No. Okay. Well, you're gonna have a shoulder and neck problem. That's just what's gonna happen. Okay, so now with that being said, when you race, you need oxygen. Breathe every stroke. But when you train, you should start teaching yourself to become efficient in the water and be, breathe bilaterally. Okay, it creates symmetry. Um, and they're like, well, I can't go as hard. Well, go as hard as you can go to bilaterally breathe. You know, you're gonna be slower. You know, but but do it. It creates symmetry. If you breathe to say, I used to always breathe to the left side. So you automatically when you breathe to that left side. Your hips are going to drop a little bit. In order to balance yourself, the arm comes across midline, 
and you're pulling from here instead of here, what is that gonna do? All right in through the shoulder, okay? And then you also drop the hip, so you, you kind of get this, this kind of situation going on where you have a sore shoulder, then all of a sudden your low back hurts, and, and, and so on. A good tip to learn how to breathe bilaterally is a pull boot. I mean, that's how you start. You start with a pull boot between your legs, and then start with your warm-up and cool-down or bilateral breathing. Then your whole workout becomes bilateral breathing. Bilateral three-stroke breathing. Does everybody know what that is? Everybody good? Bilateral? So you're breathing every third stroke, bilateral breathing. Breathe. Breathe. Any questions with that? That one? How many people bilateral breathe? Oh, stop. You said warm up. You mean that 150 that I did? I'm good. You cannot? The other benefit is this, if, if you can start going to both sides. Sometimes the buoys are on the wrong side. So if you wanna be able to see the buoys, you gotta be able to turn your head the right way. If all the buoys are on this side and you're always going to this side, you're gonna have a tendency to go that direction away from where you need to turn, right? Or in the ocean, waves. Waves are coming from one direction. You wanna be able to breathe away from them so you don't keep sucking on a wave. Not fun. All right, cycling tip. Uh, this is more for a metabolic, metabolic flip. Like we talked about that earlier, about how to become more metabolically efficient, is water-only rides. Now, you can't go out with your buddies and hammer for three <laughs> hours and just drink water. You're gonna die. <laughs> but going out, pushing the limit, pushing that ride of just drinking water, but it has to be a member of gray area training. Fast enough to get faster, slow enough to become efficient. If you're in the gray area, this isn't gonna work. You need to be slow enough to become efficient, Water-only rides will help start pushing your body to create the enzymes available to burn fat to start converting your body to use, to use it, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're just sipping on water and you're out there for a three-hour ride, it's gonna have to use something, and it'll eventually learn. It might take you bonking a little bit, but guess what, it's off-season, it's cool. Bonk a little bit, and call, call for a ride. Yeah, that kind of thing, right? So, so that, that does help. It can get miserable if you go too hard. You'll learn your lesson once or twice <laughs> where it's just, you know, you're just calling for a ride and can't move. You know. So how long do you have to ride? Okay, so your, your body technically has enough sugar stores, I think it's for two hours, I wanna say. So you, you can, you have enough calories for two hours, and so you gotta go over that number, uh, that, that ride to actually get a benefit from it. Uh, I used to say when, I, when you're really in tune with your body, and I don't think this has ever happened to any, any, anybody, but when you're training for, say, an eight-hour day or a big training weekend like I used to have for an Ironman, where it's just been a ton of, of training, I'd get off the bike. You, you could almost feel a switch when that happens. You get off the bike, and you're like starving, and you're starving, 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 and all of a sudden, oh man, I got some energy, I feel great. That's the point at which your body, well, at least that's what I'm assuming is, the point at which your body kind of flipped the switch and said, well, I got no much sugar in here, so I'm just gonna use some, some fat to go, and you become immediately feel better. Now that's not gonna last for them, you're gonna have to substitute in that, with that, you know, basically, you know, <coughs> you need carbs to burn fat, they need to have each other, you know, so, but th that's kind of the point at which you'll start seeing that. So the water only rise, sometimes even salt tablets and water, you know, keeping electrolytes on board helps. So you, you wanna keep doing that, but be careful with this one though. Yeah, because again, you'll learn your lesson once. And then always, I've probably given multiple lectures here about run form, but the biggest one that I'm telling everybody all the time is, is hide your feet. And what we mean by that is if I can see my foot, I got the brakes on, right? I can see my foot, my peripheral vision, now my weight's all back, and that's why this is gonna give out, now I'm gonna have back pain, now I'm gonna come over the top, I'm gonna drop, hip pain, all this kind of stuff. Again, this is a whole, this is a whole lecture we've done in the past, but hiding your feet looks like this from here, here now I can't see my foot no matter where I go I'm like a boxer I'm in here my cadence is gonna be up my hips are underneath me my knees underneath me my foot's landing in the right spot as opposed to this this is, this is exactly how you'll start seeing those injuries it'll be back pain hip pain IT band plantar fasciitis calf strains that kind of stuff so and this is something that you can fix on the fly you know uh, 
because if you get a big lecture about run form, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> I mean, people start glazing over. Fix this, fix this, fix this, this degree, that degree. Oh, shit, come on. But if you're out for a run, and I've used this in a race before, late in a race, and you start, you start fatiguing out, you start overreaching. And sometimes even an efficient runner, they just get tired, and then they start overreaching because they're just getting tired. Being able to kind of take a deep breath, collect yourself, and then it gives you something too to help the miles pass. So then you just start saying to yourself, hide my feet. All right, now I got my lean back. And nine times out of 10, I've had, we are running, my knee hurts, my knee hurts. Oh, let me hide my feet. Oh, there, it's okay, it's chill, it's good. You know, we go, we go back to feeling good. So those are, those are kind of some, any questions on those? Yes, sir. You taught me to hide my feet, but I think it goes right with it is cadence. If you, if you up your cadence, which yes. I finally learned how to do, mm -hmm. then you're not going to do that over stride. Without a doubt. And vice versa. So if you, so you don't have to think about cadence too much, and if that's too much of a thought process for you, if you hide your feet, your cadence is automatically going to increase. And consistency. The end of all this is everything we talked about, you just got to be consistent with it. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. There's no fast way to lose weight, it's consistency. There's no, no fast way to get fast. You know, I used to, one of the things I used to tell my athletes when I was coaching is, you have to be able to do the training to be able to do the training. What that, what that means is you gotta, be able to, you gotta be able to learn how to actually train before you can do that training to get you to that competitive level, right? That's it, let's see what else. I think that's it. Yeah, any questions? Yes, sir. So if you could bring mental fitness, endurance fitness, and nutrition, how would you rank those in order of importance? Say those again. <laughs> mental fitness, uh, mental grip, fitness, and nutrition. Uh, I would, always, I would say nutrition uh, all the time because that's going to give us our definition of health for longe and longevity. Is if you're not putting, you put crap in, you get crap out. That's it. You know, that's kind of how it works. And so you, if you don't have proper nutrition, you can't really accomplish any of those other things. And and just add to that, we treat a lot of professional athletes, and when they get hurt, they they go into full fledged panic mode, and one of the first things that they don't start eating bad. And so it, when they're eating, they, they're eating clean, then they don't get into that emotional state. And so because you start eating bad, they start feeling bad, and they start getting depressed. They're not used to eating those kind of foods. Foods play a huge chemical imbalance in what your brain perceives things. If they change their diet, you know, and I challenge them to, I'm like, hey, why don't you just try the whole 30? Try, I don't, I don't have any type of relationship with these kind of diets. I'm like, just challenge yourself. It gives them goals. They feel a lot better, and they don't wake up like, man, I wish I wouldn't have eaten that last night, and I feel like crap, and they hit that slippery slope. So, like Ron was saying, nutrition, don't let that go, because that, would, that takes hierarchy, because that can lead to so many other things. If your nutrition's on point, then your physical fitness is gonna be on point, your emotional state's gonna be so much better than taking a dive on the nutrition route. Those five pillars, they're linked to nutrition. If you keep the nutrition, you're able to focus on those other things a lot better. You know, it, it puts you on that negative feedback loop. But here's the other here's the other catch to that. Those first three weeks after a triathlon season, what do you end up doing? Going on a bender. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so be strong in that phase. I mean, it'll really benefit you in the long run. What's it going to do? It's a holiday time. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Thanks, Jerry. Anything else? Okay. Yes, sir. What about like range of motion stuff? Just in terms of, it's like we have the strength component. Like for me personally as a runner, uh, that was one of the actual first things I felt the difference of like, well, I mean 20, 30, 40. Right. It's like stride leg, stride leg, stride leg. Mm -hmm. I spend a ton of time just like, I just want to keep it. I'm just trying to keep it. What do you think? So like the range of motion component is in general. Range of motion. I know. <laughs> it, it does get worse because you're, and it's not so, it's, it's joint mobility, right? We don't have as much, you know, elasticity as we had when we were kids. Um, so a lot of that's going to have to do with drinking a lot of water. And if you're adding in that strength component, you have to have mobility before and after. It's, it's no question, you know, so you have your joint mobility stuff before you lift, flexibility after you lift. Um, and maintaining that, maintaining just a really good, solid program. And you can find a ton of things that are 
you know, what do I need to have for a runner? So you want to make sure you're maximizing your trunk rotation, hip extension, and your ankles. You know, you don't have to go into the crazy, like, oh, what are my lats? Like, what is it? Just, is my trunk rotating? Can my hips extend back enough where I'm not jamming my back up? And are my ankles moving so that I'm not drilling my knees and my hips? And so that way you're not all over the place, like, looking online, I need to stretch this, my hamstrings, the quads, this, that. What, is, what do you need down the chain to make you healthy? And then just stay a ground side safe. I think that's what led to the change in how I perceived fitness and exercises. I was neck hurt, back hurt, shoulders couldn't move. I'm still working on shoulder mobility. And it may be the thing, how she said, is do something out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Learn how to squat better. Yeah. Learn how to do that kind of stuff better. Because that, that also adds a fun component, but also is building up that mobility. And I feel like my pain was due to being 15 years. You know, in this position, 20 years in this position, is it really affects everything there and it's going to take a lot to unwind I mean, it took, I'm still working at it and it's been I mean two years since I've raced and so it's it's a constant battle so basically like, and don't be wrong like do yeah. that stuff while <laughs> yeah. you're right. you, don't, you shouldn't stop your mobility routine and some weightlifting routine through your triathlon training it's not going to hurt you it will make you it'll make you stronger you, it doesn't, you don't have to skip your endurance training to go and lift a little bit it's okay to lift and then go run you know then your skeletal frame has already been kind of challenged and you just make it a little bit stronger by doing a little bit of cardio afterwards. But if you start, if you lift for three months and then don't lift for the rest of the season, yeah. you, won't, you will have a setback. It comes back, comes it back to your point. Right. It won't help you all that much. Stay consistent once or twice a week. Stay consistent with your mobility stuff and you won't feel as horrible at the end of your time once the season. Good. Handout or giveaways? Yes. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Yes. Keisha, pick the winner. Pick me. Okay, the first one is Dallas Athlete uh, Racing Tree. Jared. Oh, Recover with Purpose podcast is made possible and sponsored by Performance Medicine and Sports Therapy. Join Dr. Ron Trobendis next time, only here on Recover with Purpose podcast. Thanks for listening.